Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering chapters 11 through 19 of The Autumn Republic, book three in the Powder Mage Trilogy by Brian McClellan. I'm Patrick, and this is Matt. Hey. Hey. How you doing? You didn't have to introduce me. I was going to yell. Yeah. Or no, you were, you you didn't want me to introduce myself as Billy Peppers is what it was. <laughs> I, I had to look down so that I didn't look up at you and laugh. So, yeah, you were looking down, but you continued, like, you kept perking your eyes up. Yeah. You kept looking a little bit. So I kept, I kept trying to, like, look away from the camera as you were doing it. <laughs> I'm going to have to get over that. Because um, we don't want, you know, another five, ten minute breakdown like we had last time. That yeah. was... <laughs> I couldn't see for about a minute or two because of the tears. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I was going in blind, but... But yeah, we're here with the chapters 11 through 19. This is the second installment of the Autumn Republic. Um, and, um, I, you know, well, let's just get into it before we even talk about them. Um, yeah. So chapter 11. Um, short and sweet. Ket, yeah, it's very short. You know, not a lot going on here. Uh, Ket is relieved of duty along with uh, her sister. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, their men are now uh, under the wings of Adam. Uh, and and then at this point, I think Abrex Abrex is the one that's kind of doing all this. Um, and um, word has come from come that Tamis is two weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's something we you know we didn't know that we 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 knew he was heading south. Um, uh, you know, I guess whenever he left Ricky Teabags, which is chapter two. We knew he um, was two, or from this, we thought he was two weeks out of Adapest, right? Not out away from the front. Well, see, we it, didn't really know where the timeline was setting up. That's true. Because he, because it was two weeks. It took him two weeks to get from the end of where he was at the end of the last book to get to, At- to Adapest. Yeah, and so we kind of didn't know where it lined up, but, but I'm guessing the timeline was was the same for everybody. I, I guess. Um. You're right. It, yeah. uh, Abrex says he will be here in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and so Lady W and Nyla, um, they they get there a little bit later on because you know, they were they were coming in a separate because Adamat and Abrax showed up. They left ahead of time and then Bo mm-hmm. and Nyla and Lady W left, but Bo hightailed it out of there from them to go save Daniel. Or that's what we assumed. And um but so, so Lady W and Nyla, they get there overnight, and the Kez is is marching toward them, and uh, and Halanska's men are still coming in from the northeast because they, you know, they're, uh, one thing with these chapters is at least in the early parts of these chapters, maybe 11, 12, 13, or maybe it's predominantly in twelve. There's a lot of information that we, the reader, know that certain people don't know, and it right. was in one problem, one hurdle that I was having to jump continuously was oh yeah this person doesn't know this this person doesn't know that and so you know from this perspective of this chapter we the whoever i can't remember who the perspective perspective is and it might have been nyla i don't know um in this chapter yeah in chapter 11 it's adamat oh it's adamat yeah okay yeah and so he doesn't um know what that coded message said that 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 Helanska was coming in sooner than they thought, right? And so their time is kind of of the essence there. 
And I thought there was a line in here, but it might be in the next chapter. Yeah. From Abrax to Adamat. Uh, you may be right. But I do like one of the lines. <laughs> they have Ket read her charges, and then Abrax is like, do you deny these charges? And she didn't. I was surprised. She didn't yeah. deny them. She, she took it like a champ. The only thing um, she didn't, like, kind of just agree with here was that uh, Abrax says, um, you'll immediately step down. Your sister will step down. You'll be escort escorted to your estate in Adro. You'll have one week to put your affairs in order before you're exiled. You'll be allowed one time stipend of one million, and your property will comp be confiscated by the state. Yep. She says, that is not an out, that's a sentence. And then Abrax says, do you think Thomas will be so kind when he returns? And this is when we find out that it's two weeks out because she yeah. says Thomas is dead. And Abrax says, no, he's on his way here. He crossed the Charwood pile with the Delev army. He's two weeks out. Yeah, yeah. And and, and also... And Adamat also finds out here that Thomas is alive. Oh, yeah, because he, he comments that he Abrax he didn't alert he, him to that. He felt his jaw drop, yeah. Yeah, and he said, "Why had Lady Dub not mentioned it?" Yeah, like, yeah, he was wondering why Lady Dub held, held that. Um, but Kent also uh, wanted the one thing that was interesting is that Kent wanted to address, you know, her her soldiers, but Abrex is like, "No, you're leaving now. They're gonna know you as a liar, uh, or or you know, a Kent's uh, whatever." It was a defeated nod. Yeah, but but you know, but then she. I think Abrax kind of gives in and says they'll know that your actions were for the betterment of them. So, um, yeah. so I thought that was interesting. That's, I don't know how much of a theme it is, but there's one chapter in particular. I think it's the last chapter, either chapter 18 or chapter 19, where a lot of cool things happen that I think are really cool. Like there's conversations. A lot of cool that things happen. that happen that I think are really cool. <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had to get onto you for that one. That well, was I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was doing some mental gymnastics to be like, because uh, you were you were making movements, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, because I found where Abrax says. Oh, okay, go ahead. She basically she says, "You've killed us all, Adam." That because they're yeah. watching. They're watching the armies come in. They said two to three hundred thousand. They don't know quite. God, yeah yeah and she they just got three brigades from cat and i'm under the impression that that like increased their forces by like a third or something like that yeah. so and we know tens that tens of thousands of men versus hundreds of thousands and i'm pretty sure we find out later i we, i know that there's more than three hundred thousand. i think there there's more than three hundred seventy-five thousand to be exact because something particular happens to three hundred seventy-five thousand men no, no, thirty five hundred men. Oh, was it thirty five? Yeah. Oh, okay. My God, if that were three, I know what you're talking about, and if that were three hundred fifty grand, regardless how many ever there'd was, there'd be no was, war ever. There'd be no war. No, ever. no. Chapter twelve. So we finally, ten chapters later, we finally get Tamis's perspective again. Um, and so Tamis arrives earlier than expected. He just busts up in that thing. Approximately two weeks earlier than expected. So I'm wondering, how the heck is he getting where he's getting? I don't know. Like I said, dude is on a mission to die in Dungeons and Dragons. It feels um, like... 
it feels like these fantasy shows, movies, books, whatever, when it gets closer to the end, distance and time don't mean nothing anymore. Could you be referring to Euron Greyjoy's teleporting fleets? I might. I also might be referring to another fantasy thing that you may not have read, and I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it. So I'm not even going to say it. But it's happened more than once, and it kind of feels like it's happening now. But that's okay. R- wrap it up, whatever. It don't matter. <laughs> Teleporting Tamis. Um, and so they, you know, they find that initial camp. I think where Halaska was holed up at. They find it, and uh, they hear cannons in the distance. And at that point, Flora had already gone ahead, so she's riding back, and she's saying, "Hey, Halaska's attacking Kit." And um, they arrive at Halanska's tent mm-hmm. and they order the army not to attack Kit. They kind of stop it all before, you know, before it can get, it can get any worse. And, um, you know, Tamis says, is trying... And they're not, they haven't attacked yet. They're about to start attack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the cannons the they're getting are. Yeah. So this takes place, you can assume, like at the same time the last chapter did, because Abrek says to Adamat, you killed us. You know, and that yeah. was where the cats the cats began to advance, and the Adrian Adrian or Halanska's Adrians were, you know. Well, I think it was. Escape. I think it's actually a day different. I think the day has passed because they mention Ket later on, and they say that Ket had been relieved the day before, and she already left, and he's uh, saying that he needed Ket. That's right. So Adam I, and her talked at the end of the day, and this is like, after. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um but yeah, it's 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 still close. It's it's still within a day's time. And um but yeah, so Tam and I think the cannons they're hearing are the cannons that um that the wings of Adam were shooting at the Kez, not at them because they, they couldn't reach them, but it was just like a warning, like warning shots. Tamis, you know, everybody's trying to talk. To Tam or everybody's trying to tell Tannis Tannis what's going on, and he, Olam's kind of like just shut up, whatever. And then they they tell you know they talk, they they stop what's going on, and he sees Halanska trying to escape out the back, and he hollers at him, and they kind of leave the tent, walk up the hill, kind of talk talking with him. He's trying to uh, organize a defensive against the Kez, and Halanska's mm-hmm. um, looking weird. Um, looking worried uh and then all of a sudden uh oh, stabs old tamas <laughs> doesn't even realize it either like he goes no. to like like uh embrace him yeah and like he pulls away and then tamas goes oh he and he he like looked at the knife that Holanska was holding and then realizes that he'd been stabbed and then like four provosts start trying to kill Olam. Um but Tam- Samus and Olam survive. And then they uh, uh end up uh Holanska and uh the provosts flee. Um yeah. Well I think two of the provosts die. Yeah, they do. But but Olam yeah, I dips think the beans. Dean bean dipped. Um but yeah, yeah Holanska's in the wind. Um uh oh and actually I think one of them's dying. So actually only one of the provosts survived. Um 
Tamis uh, talks with Colonel Sebastinian. Uh, he's back, and he has changed his name to Florone. He is General Florone in the Adran Army now. Um, and uh, they, you know, they they he kind of fills him in on or Colonel, and then he uh, he gets promoted, right? Yeah, yeah. And he take he takes his mother's name because he didn't he doesn't want to be associated with the Sebastinian name. Uh, which makes sense based on, I mean, the circles he run, he would, you know, imagine if all your friends were part of the wings of Adam and you did what you did, you know, you probably don't want to be associated with that name again. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense. Um, uh, but Florone tells Tamis that Mahali's dead. He's the one who, who reveals that. And uh, you know, that's a blow. Uh, Tamis wonders kind of what's holding Kresimir back. And of course yeah. we know what we know what's holding him back um laura gets back to camp you know alerting them that you know ket has been relieved by a and a adamant and abrax and uh um, oh, like that a and a uh olam finds you almost could have done a and w adamant and winceslav or abrax and winceslav call them root beer or Man, boot to the rear I tell you what, I could use some root beer right about now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> Olam uh, goes snooping around Holanska's um, tent, and he finds some of the letters. And we realize, you know, he's been in bed with the Kes since the like beginning. The whole, the whole beginning. Like promise of blood beginning. Um, I'm and yeah, like yeah. Pre pre promise of blood. Like yeah, like pre like yeah. Exactly. Makes yeah. me want to go back. So I definitely want to read those novellas now. Some of them happened before Promise of Blood and see if there's any hints at it. If even Halansky is involved. Were they written before Auto Republic was? I don't know. But I got a feeling that he probably had the whole story though. I mean, I'm, yeah, or, I'm thinking I he probably did. I guess not. I mean, George R. R. Martin, Martin doesn't have all of the intricacies. High finance, and it, and it depends on what kind of writer you are. If you're a prancer or if you're an outliner, I I kind of stumble in, in between both. You know, um, mm-hmm. I I kind of build a pretty like pseudo outline, but I kind of once I get going, I usually deviate from the outline a lot because I kind of just let the story go. Um, mm-hmm. So it depends on what kind of writer he is. Um. Uh. But yeah. So. Uh, you know they're thinking about how the kez is just coming down on them and and um tamis doesn't have cat who regardless of whatever crime she committed he's probably she's probably his best uh commander left and he's like i need more time and time's not what we have um but laura comes up with the idea of we'll use his letters to create a coded message to send to um to send you know to send to the cave with a with Alaska seal and hopefully that'll buy themselves a day yeah and this is Laura's um, idea yeah Laura come up with this um so Tamis gets the decoy message written and uh the whole message is about planning an assassination on Abrax and so it will require the kids to to kind of retreat for a minute um uh, and so they send that message off, and while they're waiting on it for it to return, we kind of have a, a little bit of 
you know, character bonding kind of things with Olam and Tannis, and Olam doesn't like the fact that he is a colonel now. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, uh, he just, he don't think he's up for it. Like he just, you know, he, he, he's very humble. Olam mm-hmm. is. And I, I like that about him. Um, but then Vlora insults him, uh, kind of, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just her in her nature to do that. And she did it before she realized what she was doing. Yeah. She, and, uh, sorry. I, I, um, I was reading, um, that specific section because um Valora is saying that she likes uh the the beard that Olam's wearing and Tama says don't start um I, I he takes that shit from Olam because he's his last line of defense from assassination and she goes fine job he did with Holanska yeah and Olam, Olam. Like, takes that shit per- like any type of stuff like that that happens to Tamas like Olam yeah. takes that shit per- see he took that shit personally they don't call him Billy Peppers for nothing. And he gets uh, peppered up, I'm telling you. He gets peppered up when Billy gets insulted. But, you know, Laura Laura's trying to kind of make up make up with him when the messenger arrives. And it looks like the Kez Kez didn't send a message back, but they are retreating. So we assume that they bought the fake message. And then uh also uh Tamis uh isn't this where he you can you can edit this out isn't this where he leaves to go get Daniel um I didn't write it down but that's probably the case because I don't have it written anywhere else because he says something about leaving so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't necessarily say it in this chapter but Laura kind of speaks to Camus at the end and says, you know, we know where Holanska sent those men. Perhaps Tamil's there. Yeah. And there's yeah. some definite tension. Like Tamus says he knows his duties, meaning he needs to stay here and whatnot. But it yeah. kind of uh the last thing he asked her is, you know, how many rifle rifle jacks have you found? And mm-hmm. he says, gather them up, we've got work to do. That's right. That's right. So, leave yeah. it open for interpretation. Maybe he went to go see Taniel or to go see about Taniel, or maybe, you know. He's just needing more men to kind of enforce where he's at. Yeah. Another thing here, though, is he's very, he needs to keep it secret that he's there. He needs to keep yeah. it secret safe that he's yeah. there. So, yeah, so he doesn't let the messenger go back to the camp, the right. um, that Wings of Adam messenger. Um, <clears throat> so, chapter 13, um, we're back with Daniel and Capel, and Daniel tries to get Capel to, to leave um the the cat the cave it's the it's the next day or whatever and and they're gonna they're gonna get on them by noon uh, if not sooner and she's yeah they close and uh she refuses she's she's trying to get this thing done and um he tries to move her and she kind of gets all up in his face really aggressive and he can see now looking at her eyes you know she's very exhausted she's she's using blood to enchant the coffin um similar he kind of has a realization that's what's going on with those red stripe bullets there it has to do with the with the um what are they called um what what's her what's her uh Bone nationality eyes. no no well the yeah the Dinese. that's kind of yeah and i guess the bone eyes is what they do they kind of use their blood which was probably what he was she was doing when she put the blood on his face a few chapters ago mm-hmm. um so Daniel just leaves the cave hoping to you know 
uh, distract them away from the cave and give buy Capel more time. And he kind of just catches up to a marching army and um, he gets, he gets above the Canyon walls and he causes an avalanche, which killed about 10 and injured 12. And it split the army in two. It still left some that are, that were on his side. So that, that the side that was on him, they, they start heading directly for the cave. And so he goes to distract them. Um, And uh, yeah. So at this point they definitely know that they're in the right spot. And so this whole chapter is like basically a cat and mouse game. Yep. Yeah. Between uh Daniel and and these soldiers, and uh Daniel gets the better of most of them. They assume uh they assume that he's in like poor condition or something like that. He's able to double back on them and like trick a couple of them and kill them yeah. pretty easily. But he finally gets cornered and yeah. uh yeah. cornered with people with air rifles, and he's basically uh talking about his mortality, you know. Yeah. And and, and and even leading up to that, I'll, there's a lot of him internally going back and forth about, you know, should I feel bad for killing these people? They're, they're mm-hmm. technically my brethren, but they know what they're doing here. They they came specifically to kill me. And so, you know, there's really nothing I can do other than try to survive. So, And I mean, he's actually, he actually gets lucky at one point because a soldier straight up has a gun like has one of the air rifles to to him and he can hear him shoot it and it goes click and it goes the thing about those damn things they're unreliable aren't they and then he proceeds to take it from him and beat him with it yeah but yeah he does get cornered and um and then uh capel um you know comes in and saves him um but then they get cornered again, and the only thing that they can do to, because there's like a landing across where they, they, there was no way to shelter them. So really the only way to keep Cable from getting a bullet is for him to like get in front of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has his back to whatever's happening, and he hears like this boom or zoom, whatever, something happened. And like, then, bum, 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 cue the John Cena music. Either the John Cena music or the I was when you were starting to do that, I was thinking about Hulk Hogan. Like here comes Bo, and it's like, I am a real American. <laughs> Even though this is <laughs> I was thinking of a John Cena entrance or my God, the RKO. <laughs> um our our edges. Uh what, what was that? Alter Bridge. On this day. <laughs> Alter Bridge. Not something. <laughs> I have heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't either. Um, but, good voice. All right, so chapter 14, Nyla. This is a Nyla perspective chapter. Um, she's not aware that... noticed about all these. Like, you know, in yeah. all the other books, like, it's kind of rare where it's a single perspective chapter. And, like, yeah, everything we've seen, I think, like, 90% of these chapters have been like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was more rare to have a single perspective chapter, at least once you got into Promise of Blood. Maybe the first, maybe five may have been single person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the first one of Promise of Blood is Adam at solely, I think. But, but yeah, for a good chunk of Promise of Blood and pretty much all of the Christian campaign, it was very like, you know, uh, multiples, but yeah. Now I do um, expect that to change when it gets further along. Cause that just, and that yeah. is seemed to be the pattern with these like more perspectives. Well, yeah. Cause it's hard. Book, 
Yeah, because things are coming together. Yeah, yeah it, you'd have really small chapters because I think everybody tends to, well, not everybody, but it's pretty common to do the Star Wars type thing, you know, where where you got pretty much you're following along different people have different things happening. And then when you get to the climax, there's like three things independently happening. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're telling that kind of story and you want to go back and forth, back and forth, it would be, you're either going to do a lot of small chapters, or you're going to do a normal amount of bigger chapters that have multiple, whatever uh, points of view. (laughs) Yeah. It's easier in film to do it than it is in writing. Yeah. The, the last, the, I mean, like I said, I, I, since I finished Wheel of Time recently, the last book, the last three books that Brandon Sanderson did, he kind of did that more than Robert Jordan did. He, a lot of the chapters are very multi. The only time Robert Jordan really ever did it was in prologues and, and epilogues, it seemed like. Uh, he did it a handful of times in regular chapters, but like all the last three books that Brandon Sanderson did, it was like, we're going to multi perspective, like almost every chapter. I think, uh, uh, and I think, stormlight is all single perspective chapters it's written it's it's written kind of like how uh better in my opinion but kind of like how song of ice and fire is written oh okay single single perspective chapters yeah because that is an interesting thing that that martin like that's how he titles his chapters is that it's the it's the person that whose perspective it is and i'm pretty sure that's how now i haven't opened up stormlight in a while but I'm like I'm like 95% sure that that's how it is. I think uh, I was noticing it since I started it already. I think so. Like it, it's broken into parts. So part mm-hmm. one says who the and two, it, tell, the two it tells are. you the perspectives. Yeah, it tells you who but, the perspectives are going to be. Yeah. But then each chapter has its own chapter name. So that like so like Willow Time, it, it never says whose perspective it is. Like yeah, as far as a chapter, a chapter name, it doesn't. It, each chapter has its own name um and its own symbol and all that stuff um but yeah yeah so this one is a nyla chapter and she's unaware about you know what's happened in the previous chapter with tamas coming in mm-hmm. and and routing out halanska so she, from her perspective they're they're all about to die because she knows she knows that halanska's coming in and the kez are, are coming in so it's like what you know she's gonna die and um abrax I guess doesn't know the whole story. So Abrax assumes that she is like a, you know, at least somewhat trained in being a privileged. Mm-hmm. And so she calls her over and says, Hey, you know, you're, you're kind of our ace in the hole. You, um, you know, you're going to, you know, you're, that, that's what your job is. You're here to help us out. Cause nobody knows you're a privilege or, you know, right. she, she verified, she said, does anybody else know? Um, but Nyla kind of sets the record straight and is like, no, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to control it. I only can do it when I'm mad. Mm-hmm. um and she just learned she didn't i don't know if she explained it but she had just learned you know how to use the elemental type parts so um yeah she doesn't know what she's she doesn't and really know it's funny because abrax's reaction is you know pretty angry because yeah, she yeah. was expected to rely on them and it's because Bo told abrax that mm-hmm. nyla is extremely powerful which is true it's not a false yeah, he, statement, but he, it's yeah, he left. Yeah, well, he left out the important part that she is. She has potential, you know. Yeah, she, she has. She is. He really should have said she, she has the potential to be powerful. You know, what did they uh, say and, back in the college days? Potential just means you ain't done nothing yet. 
And hey, that's kind of true in this <laughs> sense. She, she hadn't really done anything. I mean, mm-hmm. she has to a certain extent, but you know, not you know, nothing that a, a trained privilege could could take take her out. You know, um, but so she ends up getting stuck behind, you know, staying with the luggage. Um, and Adam, but there. yeah, and and but she like in her mind, she says that she, you know, she's like, no, I'm gonna fight. You know, because I think she kind of takes it as a slap to her. A slap in the face from Abrax that and it's kind of a weird like I don't know she does take it as a, she does take it as like a slap in the face but like as she's like walking along yeah. she's like you know it's probably like yeah I'm probably just gonna be in the way on the front <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh which is great you know self-awareness I mean she already yeah. knew that you know she couldn't do it um uh but I can understand where she's coming from uh and uh the, well, it's, the one, ad- it's one thing to have it in your head and it's yeah. another you know abrax sending her there is just a very you know physical like you're not yeah. going to be part of this so it separates you know what she was thinking with what has happened yeah so oh, yeah but then the uh, adrian army comes in and and uh like turns like they're heading to them and then i think the i wanted to mention delivered. one thing though oh yeah um, yeah so Adamat is there at the, the carriage line uh, with uh-huh. um, and this is the first time he has seemed frail to me. Yeah, he uh, really old and frail. And from Nyla's perspective here, um, yeah. and his actions and his words, like it's the first time. I you know he talks about being old all the time, but he seems yeah. very capable. Like, well, he doesn't yeah, seem I mean, here. Like, if you go back, like, Promise of Blood, he seemed, like, this is my perspective, how I read him up until the end. So this is, like, three quarters of the book. I read him as, like, in his early 50s, you know, he could still hold his own if he needed to, um, but he's, he, you know, he's not a, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Yeah. Um, but then he had that little one-on-one with uh, Charlemagne, and I was like, okay, maybe he's a little bit more able than I thought. Yeah. Um. Or or maybe he's not as able as I thought because I, you know, I'm not. He really also sure. took on those uh, invaders in his house or those. Uh, yeah, yeah, those two, and but he always usually had Sue Smith with him, and that's kind of like that was what made me never really question really how 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 um able he is because he mm-hmm. has Sue Smith with him now. And with Charlemagne, he had Olam there, but yeah. he did hold, he did hold his own without Olam for yeah. a bit. So. So that's that made me think that he was more able. And then in the Crimson campaign, like I said, majority of the time he was with Sue Smith, so there really was no thought about it. But this is right off the heels of him like marching for a really long time. Yeah. Uh with that army. So I'm wondering, and I guess, you know, uh everything. Well, he's also with, speaking pretty existentially to Nyla. Oh yeah, that too. It, it and it could just be, I mean, again. He, there's an he, army there's an army coming at them yeah know? he you know they still don't know that tamas is there mm-hmm. and and then you know everything that he had to do with vetus everything you know he had to deal with no, uh, vetus. Jo- joseph or joseph stills out there you know he still needs to wrap that up and get him so mm-hmm. like there's a lot um weighing on him that i you know but yeah you're right it it, it this is a turning point, kind of like his battle with Charlemagne that made that readjusted how I thought of him. Well, yeah, this like, conversation it seems, like, it. it seems like everything is finally caught up to him. 
you yeah. know. But uh, I think they end up, you know, a message is delivered that Tamis is, is back and he's helping. Um, mm-hmm. And then Nyla's hand, you know, she kind of starts to create a flame. I like this part of the chapter. Like, um, no, that's the next chapter. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> so chapter, fi- speaking of which, chapter 15, uh, Adamat is... Um, uh, he you know, he's taking in these new events because because it's from his perspective now, um, and you know it's Maybe, not uh, like one last thing from the yeah. Nyla chapter the oh, curious, yeah. the Adrian Adrian curiousers the heavy the heavy heavy cavalry yeah are yeah. flanking the wings of Adam and they are headed straight towards Nyla and Adamat. So even yeah. though they're at the back, they're getting flanked and the heavy cavalry is coming in towards them. And yeah. so, you know, we know that Tamis is planning something, but we're getting it from their perspectives here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's and a good so, sense of dread, even though we know more than them. I think a, I think it's I think it's well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was it. Like I said, it took me a minute to realize, to remember that they didn't know some of the information that I know. Mm-hmm. but once i did yeah it was really like hey uh <laughs> um you know this is this is scary like if i was in their shoes um yeah and he still thinks that even though it's kind of revealed you know that they're they got help he still feels like you know things are going are bad uh <laughs> yeah. like it, that they, they may still die and uh not from there. bad to batter yeah mm-hmm. uh to Nyla's still over there kind of playing with her hand like playing with the fire and he's like what the you know what are you even doing um but she finally gets it to work and takes off and that's what and, I was going to say for chapter 14 I was like I liked Adam's yeah. perspective of like Nyla sitting there and experimenting like like he mentions that like she snaps her finger with her thumb and her forefinger but as she's doing it she gently like brushes one of the other yeah. fingers yeah. And like she's testing the different fingers as she's snapping, and like she yeah. finally, like you said, she finally consistently gets one. It kind of reminded me of like treating your each finger like a like a a, a Zippo lighter. You know, oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't think about that, but yeah. You know, you're trying to you're trying to do it the right way to get it to mm-hmm. flick to get whatever. That that was that was cool. One thing um, Adamat does say here, as because you get a lot of internal monologue before, you know, or I guess it's all internal monologue, but uh, ruminations about the battle at hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that the Kaz outnumbered them like four to one or something like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. So it's, yeah, it still, it still looks pretty bad. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, Adamat, you know, um, goes after, her trying to uh well adamat uh, starts to try to talk himself out of going after nyla because he's like you know i don't i didn't hear you say that nyla ran off yeah yeah she ran off yeah um, i didn't hear you say that though oh yeah 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 i don't know if it that's i'm just saying that maybe when it crashed because oh yeah we didn't talk about we talked about her figuring it out yeah she figured it out and uh, yeah so so she figures it out and then she kind of takes off towards the armor. Doesn't really say anything. She just goes. And um, Adamat starts to go after her. Then he second guesses, or he, he tries to talk himself out of it. 
because he's kind of like, you know, I'm going to die if I go after her. Like Adam Atten isn't sure, you know, if they'll get hit by a Wings of Adam volley or yeah. the kids yeah. themselves, you know, so he could get, they could get killed, you know, in an innumerable number of ways. Yeah. Um, but he goes out there and um, actually, I think this one, I, I think, never, never mind. Um, but Nyla starts to second guess herself. So I think it, this one actually does have a change of perspective. Nyla's, and then it changes back to Adam at before the end of the chapter. But uh, she starts to second guess herself. Did, one thing we did fail to mention is yeah. that the the Adrian heavy cavalry made it right up to their line, still marching, and turned and went like still marching slowly, but turned towards the Kez. Yeah, and so Adamat's perspective here is watching the curious ears. Um, taking on the Kez charging towards them. Yeah. And as that's happening, Nyla's sitting there figuring it out and everything. Yeah. So um, the Curious Seers take, you know, the first wave of those auxiliary, the Kez auxiliary units, but they got finally kind of get overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. the auxiliaries are continuing their march. And then yeah. Nyla charges. And she's wondering, you know, what, what Bo would say, because she's kind of going back and forth, you know, because Bo's kind of sometimes he can be kind of carefree as far as, you know, like he doesn't give a crap about the world, but then sometimes he can kind of be very, um, I guess, honor. Yeah, he has some kind of honor. So he kind of flipped, he, he's said certain things, which, which is very believable of someone to kind of go back and forth between certain things, bidding on their, their mood or their day. It's um, yeah. And it's funny as she's debating, you know, she was like, Bo would hate me doing this, but Bo would like me doing this. Yeah. But Bo would hate me doing this. <laughs> and so Adam arrives finally, you know, and he's trying to get her to fall back and she kind of, you know, realizes, you know, everything that's in front of her, what, you know, what we, you know, what you've laid out is, all this, all this stuff, and she realizes it's too late. You know, it's either do it now or die. And she's and, frozen. Yeah, yeah, she's completely frozen. And uh, which I would be too. Good lord, I'd be pooping yeah. my pants like crazy. Oh, I'd already um, shit. I wouldn't run out there. I, I, I but, wouldn't. I, I'd run the other no, direction. No. But uh, but she opens up to the else and summons fire. She does, you know, the right combination of stuff, but then nothing happens. Like there's a moment where it's just nothing and uh, which that, that would be terrifying in and of itself. Um, but then she feels her breath being squeezed out of her and uh, like she's gasping and then like fire just flows from her, I guess from her she hand. Fades to black. Like in, it's her perspective at this point and her perspective yeah. fades to black. Yeah. Yeah. And so so of course she she's passing out and then we switch over to adam and he's catching her as she passes out mm -hmm. um he goes over and he he's pulling her back because we well, just saw what she did but again they're still there you know she didn't kill everybody she didn't kill all the enemy there's still more people out there so she or he finds a hiding spot i believe it's in like this kind of um trailer like yeah it's like in a trailer or like in a carriage yeah yeah and so he puts her in there puts some stuff on top of her to, to hide her um, and then he finds a hiding spot, you know, as well, because there's some wardens showing up. Uh, mm -hmm. And I guess it's the Black Wardens, I'm guessing. So I don't know if it says it. He describes but, one. As, yeah. It's the first time he's actually ever seen a warden, like, up close. Yeah, yeah. So he describes one, 
and then he describes another wave of them that come and he yeah. says that these look more like these look different so i'm assuming yeah. that the first wave is like plain jane warden gotcha. but this new wave is is different he doesn't yeah. he doesn't know of course he just knows that they're different and they're carrying pistols which he didn't think yeah. was possible and um uh one of them ends up getting close to him uh which i believe is one of the second group that come through that's right and um but, it would have to be based on the revelation of it it's really cool like he he explains it pretty viscerally the wardens just go tearing through the wings of adam because at this point yep. the Adran soldiers you know they have been overrun and everything yeah and uh you know it takes like 10 soldiers to kill one and then even then like eight of those soldiers died doing it mm-hmm. and, and and it makes sense that they would come out now because looking at it from the kez perspective you know there's no sign of a privilege there because you know she uh as far as looking into the light of others and how much you've touched the else nyla doesn't show up on the radar mm-hmm. and all of a sudden boom you have whatever she did so the kids are probably like, where did that come from? How did that happen? And and so they're now they're now they're needing to send in the big boys. And um Do you remember the I'm a fire in my laser? The what? It was some stupid it was it was before memes were um, were actually called memes. Yeah. But it was a meme. It was like back um, when we were in college and uh there was like a meme where people would say, I'm a fire in my laser. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. I forget. I for, maybe it was back in high school or something like that. It's been a long yeah. time. But uh, there was one parody thing that I watched, and uh, he goes to say, "I'm a fire in my laser." He goes, "I'm a fire in my," and he explodes as he's saying "laser," and he's like, yeah. "I'm a fire in my ball." And so that's exactly <laughs> what went through my head when Nyla <laughs> did that. I'm a fire. <laughs> that's a, I don't know exactly what you mean, but the way you described it, that's. That's pretty spot on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but this uh this warden that has that has gotten to uh Adamat, uh yeah, he he's killed everybody that, around Adamat. Like oh, yeah. Adamat's the only person left. So Adamat don't have a chance. Yeah. Um but he notices that this warden ha- is missing a ring finger. And then he that you know, he's about to stab him when he realizes it's Joseph. And he's it's, it's his boy. Yeah, he sees in the warden's face like his af like his what is it called efficacy? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know the word for it, but uh, you know, it looks like Joseph. His expression, yeah, looks like Joseph. Yeah, and he goes, and he goes Joseph, and then the <laughs> warden like goes like freaks out and like oh, jumps, yeah. jumps back as if like saying the name was hurting it. Yeah, and then more soldiers arrive and they kind of scare it off yeah and uh i'm not gonna lie to you when the waves of wardens started coming the second they mentioned wardens with pistols yeah i was like joseph joseph's one of these dudes and he's gonna watch i I actually i i saw it coming the second i I saw the warden with pistol i was like because because he was he was just he was like he was talking about how it was the first time he'd seen a warden he yeah. was describing everything so, you know, yeah. viscerally. And I'm like, they wouldn't be doing this. He wouldn't the writer be, wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, he wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. 
um, because we know what a warden looks like. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I didn't. Joseph, Joseph gone, buddy. Joseph. I didn't. Yeah. See, I didn't catch it. At, I didn't see it coming. But what I more got mad at is I should have known that this was going to happen because, like, if you just think about the timeline of it all, there's no way that I just don't. I just did not say they win this war. I don't think we have time for Bo and him to go off on an adventure and then come no. back. Yeah. And so there had to be some way to get that resolved without that happening. And this was the, you know, and I didn't even think about way. it from that perspective. Like I was still under the assumption, you know, Bo and Adam as really cool adventures might happen, but you're exactly right. There just wouldn't be time. Yeah. I mean, granted though, I'm, you know, I'm reading it on a Kindle, so I have no sense of, <laughs> I guess I have no sense of uh, length of the book. But I still just in the in the story in my head the way the story's progressing and plotting along I was like I don't think they're gonna have time to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but then Nyla wakes up and the Kez have been forced back so they kind of have won this little this uh, little uh, battle. Yeah. And, uh, um, but it, it it's mentioned that this is one very small battle in the in this battle. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, we go to chapter 16 and it's Nyla's perspective again. Uh, and she is shaken up from the fight and she really don't really, she doesn't remember what happened necessarily. And she also, and she also notices that Adamat is very distant. Like, yeah. And you know, them winning the battles, good news and everything. And she's like, she's, she doesn't understand. No, she feels yeah, she, like something. She feels like something very profound has happened with him. She, I think she's very. Um, when she's kind of, it's weird because it just it depends on who's in the room with her. But she can kind of sense emotions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Bo, she has a hard time sensing really what Bo's emotions are, mm-hmm. and that probably has to do with him being a privileged. But she can really sense something is off with Adam and she just don't know what. Yeah. Um and um but then she ends up seeing the results of her sorcery and it comes back to her, and of course she she just vomits everywhere because <laughs> you know there's the smell of burnt flesh and there's the charred bones, and it's just it's a mess. And uh, we find out that she kills three quarters of an entire brigade, which is thirty five hundred men. Yeah. That's that's, that's she incredible. Fi- she had fired her ball. She uh, <laughs> firing my ball. Um, but they, uh, after that, they end up going to OFMT's tent, Field Marshal Tamas's tent. Uh, but he he ain't there, and uh, that's when Vlora says he's gone to the mountains on important business. So and Vlora is leaving the entire yeah assault. But and I think we find out later that's supposed to be kept under wraps. Um, yep. so that was a quick chapter, chapter 16. It was just kind of a quick kind of wrap up of what had happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, 17, we switch back over to Bo and Daniel, and they're watching as the rest of the Advent soldiers are cleaning up their mess from the avalanche. Um, Bo, Bo is kind of telling them what to do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Daniel's kind of like, what, you know, I'm surprised that they're not you know running away or doing this and he's and you see over 
over on like <laughs> one of the canyon walls. There's like a big old like rust spot. Um, it reminded me of at, at Zion National Park. There's a I can't remember the exact name of it, but there's a there's a, a wall. I think it was I think it's like the sacrificial temple or something like that. And it looks mm. like it's it's there's a rust color on the side of the wall, and it kind of looks like where people would be sacrificing humans for like on altar or something um is that back it might be it might be called the sacrificial altar or something but it's a it's that's what i was picturing and he's like yeah i had to make an example of one of them <laughs> and he says it like with a laugh like he's yeah. like he says it jovially uh and, and, and Daniel's like i don't that's why would you be happy to do that <laughs> he literally but, calls him out on it but also he seems uh Bo kind of has seems worried like he's 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 keeping a watch out for a lot of stuff and mm. um, he seems to be in a hurry too is what yeah he, like he's yeah Daniel notices that something's off with Bo and then Capel walks up and she's got her rucksack and she's kind of fitted up Kresimir's coffin on her back so she's carrying the effigy of Kresimir on her on her back <laughs> in she a coffin back, she going backpacking with Kres. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna do a a, a capel only book and that'll be what it's called backpacking with capel or capels <laughs> uh, backpacking with capel and, and uh crez death stranding um, two uh powder mage <laughs> series um and and uh like she walks up to it and he's like good lord girl what you've got there <laughs> it, it reminded yeah. me of of a uh, true grit when uh uh it doesn't matter really which version you see but uh more for me it's the version with jeff bridges when um Haley stanfield like pulls out her big gun out of her out of her like knapsack and he's like good lord girl what you got there <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he's like looking at this gun and uh and but like that's kind of how he acts until he realizes what that is and he's scared to death of it he, he runs and hides yeah but like he does have a crazy reaction to it before he actually knows what it is. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. he knows there's something significant and to, and then he really knows and he, he's legitimately terrified of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, they, they start working their way down the canyon and uh, they, um, they thought, I think they stopped to kind of like, not really make camp but i think they're they're snacking or whatnot eating and Daniel notices somebody move in the corner of his eye like something's going down before that and, though uh he asks him what's going on he asks bo what's going on and bo's like well i oh, left yeah. my apprentice and uh yeah Daniel's like it's a girl isn't it <laughs> yeah he, he he knows what's up Ooh, he like you like a girl don't <laughs> and then oh, he yeah. mentions nyla in a further cover in another conversation he's like oh so her name's nyla <laughs> yeah I, I like them being together uh, yeah. again you know they, it's because i guess they they spent the entire middle book apart and so it's good to have them back but uh and, and what's funny though is you know he Daniel notices someone is is around and he says you know, he mentions to Bo, did you take care of the other army? And he goes, I didn't know about any other army. Because <laughs> uh, he thinks it's the rest of the people that were hunting him down. Yeah. Um, but it ends up being uh, Olam's rifle jacks. 
Um, and they 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 kind of show up on all, all like up on the canyon walls, and they're all pulling out rifles, pointing them at them. It's like and, do um, do when they find the uh, the uh, sand people, the brown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they yeah, and uh, at first you're like, oh okay, they're pointing them at they're pointing it at Bo, mm-hmm. and they and they tell Bo to uh, take off his gloves. So um, take off the eventually. Take off them bridges, boy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Cable kind of just like walks up to him. He's like, "Give me, give me a damn gloves." And she, she takes them, goes off uh, towards the army. Oh yeah, but in like it's kind of you don't see what she's doing with them or or mm-hmm. anything. And then all of a sudden she comes out, and there's Field Marshal Thomas. He's back. And um, I really like this scene. There was some emotion. Yeah, I love this scene. It was a great yeah. scene. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he he is uh, like they have their kind of Daniel and Tamis have they see each other, you know, for the first time in a long time after both of them prop both of them thinking the other was dead. Yeah. And uh, you see like a tear uh, um, coming out of Daniel's eye when he sees or coming out of Tamis's eye when he sees Daniel. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a very good. And we're seeing that from Daniel's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel Tan- sees his father, you know really you know broken up a little bit by it um he said it's like one i think it's the only time he's legitimately showed emotion or something around him yeah something or some sense of care yeah which he probably has shown care before but for a while you know uh, it's vulnerability it's vulnerability he shows it's the first time he's shown vulnerability yeah yeah that's what it was um so then in chapter 18 Daniel and Thomas, they have like a very, they continue that moment on. So I think chapter 18 was very nice about the two. They, they kind of catch up uh, on their lives since shoulder crown. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Since, since the events of the climax of, of promise of blood. Um, and, you know, it, it was very, it's very nice. Um, uh, you know, I, it was an earned moment, I think, uh, yeah. because of all that we've gone through. From getting to getting to know the characters in the first book, seeing everything that they've gone through, you know, the last time Daniel had seen Tamis, and they both were conscious, conscious was, uh, Tamis was asking him to kill Bo. Yeah, and so, I hadn't realized uh, it was that long until it's mentioned in this chapter. Yeah, so it's it's uh it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, one thing uh, that uh, I thought was uh, interesting. We're in eighteen, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're catching up about their lives and everything, Tamis is like, I can't trust anybody. I've been backstabbed, you know, by yeah. this and that. And Daniel goes, Holanska. And he goes, How do you know that? Mm-hmm. And then uh, he said, Holanska came in to identify me to, to big Chris. When I beat up on old Chris. <laughs> and, and, and like, he's also showing like vulnerability here. Like, Daniel's scared. He, he, yeah. he, he tells, uh, he tells Tamis that Mahali said that he's like a pretty guy now. Yeah. Uh, pre die. And uh, uh, he doesn't know what's going on with him. And it's the first time he's actually seen like, he's been a, like been able to like break down about it. Yeah. Like, because I mean, I mean, he has a lot of power and everything. He talks about how he ripped somebody's like jaw out without any powder yeah. or anything. And Tamis is like, my God. Well, my God. Uh, well, I mean, I guess looking at it from Daniel's perspective, like the whole series up to this point 
you know, you meet him and he doesn't have his uh, fiance anymore. He's been fighting in a war for forever. The, the only confidant he has, oh, he hadn't seen Bo in a while. The only confidant he has is a mute savage girl who he can't really understand. So like, ha- and then that's of course true. He yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have a relationship with his father. Uh, so he has no one to uh, be vulnerable with, you know? And while, you know, I, I guess he attempts it maybe with Capel uh, as much as he can, but you know, not really. I mean, so um, yeah, it's a, it, I guess it's all the weight of it has come down. That's kind of feels like it's happening with all the characters. It, it seemed like it happened earlier with Tamis, like it happened in the last book. The weight of everything reached him before anybody else. Mm-hmm. But now the the weight's getting to Adamat. The weight is getting to Daniel. Um, so it it feels like everybody it's it's taking a toll on everybody. All the events of all this stuff. And then it with Bo, it's the opposite. You know how he's getting sicker and sicker. Um, yeah on the way to shoulder crown or to Kresm Kurga. He's glowing up, baby. That, which that could be a uh, foreshadowing that Bo will have, will be very important at the end. Yeah. Um, um, Maybe he'll end up sacrificing himself. Bo may die. Um, I I, I don't know, but uh, (laughs) um, oh yeah. So they're explaining everything, you know, everything that's happened uh Daniel and then and she, she mentioned or he mentions that Capel has an effigy of Kresimir in her rucksack and that's um, what's keeping uh Kres at bay yeah and uh he and he mentions that he's uh he's in love with Capel yeah he's like oh and Tamus I love her <laughs> I love her. um but and and then Tamus you know apologizes for everything and they they embrace so it's was, it was a really nice nice thing there um we um swap perspectives and tamis and olam sneak into the camp uh towards the you know the back of the, the back uh, mm-hmm. of the line um and they get a report from vlora that everything went according to plan um because well when they get into the tent they're all sleeping vlora is sleeping abrax is in there sleeping and then adamat and nyla and um i think uh they all wake up and vlora is Laura explains, you know, everybody assumes that you were here. Uh, Abrax is pissed because, you know, she lost a lot of soldiers. Most, uh, most of her soldiers. And, it, you know. and she probably she probably blames that. She blames that on Tamis for not being there, but it, it wouldn't have really changed anything if Tamis had been there. Uh, well, we also find out that Tam, part of Tamis's plan was to use the wings of Adam at the front. And yeah, yeah. Are you going to earn their earn their money that they get paid yeah so she's gonna recommend to lady w that they pull out and they stop helping in any way uh which is uh you know you know when, when you're looking at all sides i understand why tamas did what he did and i understand if abrix uh yeah. goes you know it, everybody has their own self motivations to do what they got to do and it makes sense it, within the characters uh to do what they're doing um adam uh, abrix runs off and Adamat updates him on Vetus because it's the first time Adamat has been with has saw Tamis. And Tamis uh, does mention that he's surprised to see Adamat. And then yeah. one thing he doesn't know the clump of red hair that's covering the face of the person next to Adamat. Which brings which me back to one. chapter 16. I forgot to mention when they go to the tent with Laura, they know yeah. Nyla knows that they're going to see 
Tamis and she's like oh I don't want to see Tamis like it's gonna no, be weird yeah. like they like they're gonna find out that I'm privileged and it's especially weird with Olam because you know she says and, and, and maybe if things had been different you know they would be together yeah yeah um but then she finally you know re, you know reveals herself and um he recognizes her he recognizes her as a laundress and who who kidnapped she i think she he accuses her of kidnapping duke elderman's son yeah but she which is which which i hadn't thought about from his perspective which is exactly what he would think because yeah all of a sudden she's gone and he's gone yeah um but she sets the record straight and you know she says that she's bo's apprentice um and then taniel ends it seems like this happens. Daniel does this a lot. He kind of just makes these strong uh, f- uh, statements with, uh, well, well, like he ends. He a lot of times he ends either a chapter or a book with this sense of finality, and he's like, "I'm going to break the kids once and for all. I'm going to show Krismir what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill that son." Like he he does that a lot. <laughs> yeah, where he he ends a chapter with this big brash statement of what's going to happen, and and you know. Uh, a lot of times he doesn't do that. <laughs> I like I like how this chap or you know not how it not the ending, but she sees all these people come in. Yeah, she's uh, and she assumes that she's never seen two shot before, but so no, she notices you know somebody and she assumes it's him, and uh, she notices that people are excited that two shots back in camp. He must be very yeah. popular. And then she uh, notices the red-haired striking woman who is Capel. And Capel, like, gives her, like, a, like, a, almost a familiar type recognition as she's passing by her, like, yeah, like, tapping her chest, like, what up, Holmes? Like, you know, like, they're, and so it made me think that maybe she's a bone eye. Yeah, uh, Nyla, yeah, Nyla could. Because they both have red hair. Yeah, and, and maybe Nyla comes like her ancestry comes from there, and that's yeah. something she probably does know, but it just hasn't come up yet. Yeah, like if like if I'm thinking about how if that is what's going to happen, it the way that's going to be delivered in the book is she will just offhandedly mention that her mother, father comes from, you know, they live or not they live, but uh, Dionys. Uh, Dionys. Uh, well, well, she's Astra. from Fatrasta. Yeah, she's yeah. from Fatrasta in the section where there are Dali's people living. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they have that kind of. Yeah, she kind of like it's almost like a little wink. Like I know, I know what's up with you. Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, so and, and so then that was the, that was the beginning of chapter nineteen, I believe. Um, oh, well, and, we're on eighteen. We well, we were wrapping eighteen up. <laughs> oh, that's my fault. Well, no, well, that's a good segue to nineteen. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, she sees all that because her and uh, Nyla and Olam, you know, walk from the tent over to where the rest of the company's coming in, and they and they kind of catch up a little bit since yeah. they hadn't seen each other since she left, and um, uh, but yeah, like you said, Daniel gets there. And the rest of the camp is very happy about it. You know, they're, they're cheering. You know, it's Daniel two shot. Um, and then the, the the wink, you know, the capel wink at Nyla, and then Bo is finally freed because he'd been in change this whole this whole time. 
Um, yeah, and that exchange uh, was between Tamas and Adamat. Uh, yeah, it says Bo alleges that you saw, you know, the Gade go away, and Adamat Adamat's like, "Yep, I saw everything." Gade, that Gade is gone. That <laughs> Gade is gone, baby. He touched it, and it's gone. Touched my Gade, <laughs> and um, uh, but then Bo walks up to Nylon's like very like, "Hello, how is everything?" You know, very nice. And Nyla slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> and he goes, I swear to God, the next person who hits me is going, I'm going to kill them. I love that. I love yeah. Bo. The more, the more Bo is there. Cause like, I think I said that before, like earlier in, in like in Promise of Blood, I didn't, I, he was kind of a path, like a forgettable character to me. Yeah. I mean, he, and he was only there like the last, the last, quarter, little bit. The last quarter of the book. And he was getting sick. So yeah. But but from from the Crimson campaign on, he's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the comedic relief that we didn't have. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, him. Mahali was there a little bit. And Olam. Olam's a little bit of a comedic oh, relief. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um, um, but yeah. So. And uh, they end up going back to the tent, and they kind of have this heart to heart. And she, you know, talks about everything that's happened and and all this stuff. And and you know, she's like, "You left me killed. alone," you know. Oh yeah, she's pissed. Um, yeah. As I, you know, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think about it when he left her, but yeah, from her perspective, it's it's kind of crappy. But he had to do what he had to do. It's like I said, this book so far has done a little bit better job than the other. And, and I'm not saying the first two were bad at this, but this one has done a better job of the characters, the the things they have to do, the motivation is built is built in. And I'm mm-hmm. not questioning their motivation. It's like, oh yeah, they he this person did this and it had a negative impact on this person. But what else was that person supposed to do? Yeah. And I feel like this book's kind of done that. And it may just be because, you know, we're we've been with the character so long and we have time invested in them and it just it makes more sense now and you know, yeah i don't i don't know but i i feel like this book has done a good job with that i agree um, um and then also uh it, i think it's funny when uh i think it's funny when nyla you know tells tells him you know what happened you know yeah. how she how she opened up the else and killed all those people and he goes dude that's awesome and you know oh my god and she's been like plagued by it since it happened and she's like no no i don't i don't want to kill people and he's like yeah but you had to yeah you had to do it Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I mean i thought these these chapters were really good um i feel like maybe they could have i don't know i don't know there was a stretch right in the middle where it was adamant nyla adamant nyla adamant nyla and it could have been consolidated well, either that or they could have, if they were going to break them up in different chapters, they could have had different moments like sprinkling Tamis and Tan or uh, um, Bo and Daniel, you know, a little bit earlier or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it wasn't bad. It's just there was a chunk where you didn't have anybody else's perspective. So, so I uh, thought you were going to, oh, sorry, finish, finish thought. Oh, I was finishing up. Oh, I was going to say that I'm, I thought you were going to hate chapter 15. Remember how in the first half of our recording, we uh, I said that there was a part that I thought you would yeah, hate. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't experience that in fifteen. Uh, let me make, remember exactly fifteen. So fifteen is when she's playing with the fire. She's and playing she, with the fire, and then she uses it. Yeah, 
I thought you would I thought you would hate it because there's Nyla there again to save like oh. <laughs> to save the day. She of course she figures it out, you know, and yeah, he's full of four thousand people. And I was like, Patrick's gonna hate this. Patrick is gonna be all over this. I think I've kind of just accepted that she's there now. And like it's, it's also it's also more th- this instance is more natural. Yeah, because we've been leading up to that. There's been and like like I said, the, the biggest problem with me was the when it's too coincidental like it makes sense that she would be able to figure it out because she's been with Bo and Bo just explained to her the elemental stuff it makes sense that she would be trying to figure it out and try to fiddle with it when lives are on the line right yeah um which that's another point uh that I think we failed to mention is that she wants to help a lot of the people who are hurt and everything and Adam is like, we got to go to, to this is before they go to the tent, Phil Marshall Tamas's tent. She wants to stay there and help as much as she can. Mm-hmm. So we know and, she's a really good person. But we also know that Adam Matt was trying to remove her from the situation because yeah. she didn't remember killing the people. Yeah. Yeah. And she, it, she didn't remember it mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so Adam Matt didn't want her to have the weight of killing all those people. So he was trying to remove her from that situation so that you know her memory couldn't be jogged yeah um, she's like how many did i kill how many like shakes how it. many um where's the truth yeah but, yeah <laughs> but 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 yeah the when when she is the one who ended up at duke elderman's house that one got me because i'm like of course this particular person would be here in this particular moment and they would remember a situation that only they would remember and that's how they like that's just too much coincidence I can't handle that. Um, and there was one other time where it was close. And I can't remember which one, what time it was. But that one particular, that's the one that bothered me the most. But but yeah, this one felt like it was earned, so it never, it never took me out of it. But um, one thing I, I did really enjoy that I wanted to make sure I brought up was that in Chapter 19, when, when Bo and her are having this heart-to-heart, I love, like, this is what I've been talking about, that used to be very prevalent i think at least in science fiction it was i don't know if it was really ever laid out so plainly in fantasy of what i've read maybe it has but i'm not that well knowledge in fantasy but um but like old sci-fi you know like old star trek the next generation and babylon 5 like being able to have conversations where you're weighing the 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 pros and the cons and and having to do bad things even though you're a good person um like those kind of conversations aren't had as often anymore and also and Bo, like you're exactly right like fantasy is very linear in that regard yeah like you don't like usually it's very clear cut what's good what's bad mm-hmm. and and the actions that we take usually in, if you're reflecting on the actions that you take it's more about how how is that changing you? Like, how did the Lord of the Rings, how did those events affect Frodo and how did it change Frodo, right? Yeah. There's a self-reflection there. But these kind of more reflections are a little bit more real. It's like, what is my impact on this? Because she's like, I killed all those people. And that was like, yeah, but you saved you know, these countless. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, I think sci-fi, old sci-fi used to do that really well. Um they don't 
I don't know about literature, but like I said, as far as science fiction television, doesn't seem to do that anymore. They don't allow for the conversation of the nuance of these are bad things, but they're necessary things, or I don't know. It just doesn't, it seems to be lacking a little bit, and I'm glad to find it here. It was very refreshing, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was probably one of one of the best parts for me in this whole stretch. Was another her, thing I liked about there. it. Sorry, yeah. I'm I'm doing a terrible job of interrupting you today. It's okay. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm usually wrapping up my point, so it's not really. <laughs> it's probably better um, that you be push me. <laughs> but I also liked. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like a very real man and woman conversation. And you don't yeah. hardly ever get that at all in fantasy. No, no, uh, no, no, you don't. And um, and when even um, Daniel and Tamis's conversation seems so um, real, it has emotion. See. Yeah, like yeah. it seems. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like McClellan is kind of coming into his own. Um, I and I think Sanderson does a good job of this too. Yeah, um, and uh, and I'm trying to think like thinking like Willa Time and Robert Jordan like he he did a good job, except there are moments where he kind of leans on like the general stereotype of men and women like you know like there's a lot of moments where the the women of the show are like well that's just men being men and then the men yeah. of the show are like well that's women just being women but it still allows for conversations that are very emotional. Um, and you know who was terrible at that? Who's that? I don't know if he was terrible at it. He just didn't do it at all in any of his writing. Was Tolkien? 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 I don't know how people. I've always said Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, I say Tolkien. Um, yeah. Well, somebody I remember... said Tolkien the other day to me, and I'm like, get out of my face. I've heard Tolkien. Tolkien. I've heard Tolkien, but not once in my life have I heard Tolkien. I think I've heard Tolkien and Tolkien, but I haven't heard Tolkien until you just said it. J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. I think I just say... Tolkien. Tolkien. I just say token with an L. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, But uh, I haven't read them, so I don't know. but based on what I have read or attempted to read, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like there's a lot of emotion there. It's um, just like a, it's like a, almost like a historical, you know, account of what happened. Yeah. And which I kind of, there are things I like about it. Yeah. All right. So that was chapters 11 through 19 of the Autumn Republic. Next time we will be doing twice. chapters, huh? Don't think twice. Don't yeah, don't you think twice, baby girl? Uh, next time we will be covering chapters twenty through twenty-eight. So pull your britches up and get to reading.